Time for Spotlight today on KRWC, and for the first time in a while, we are going to talk with Sally Stevens with Wright County's Historical Society, and uh, she's going to give us some information on a number of different topics today. Sally, good morning. Good morning, Tim. How are you? I'm doing great. Glad to be uh, back with you here again. Yeah, it's been a long time. It's It seems like we've had to make some adjustments with COVID and we're coming out of that, um, and we have some really fun things to share with everyone. Sounds good. This is National Agriculture Week, and we're kind of celebrating that here with a number of uh, topics, both in the news and on Spotlight, that kind of surround agriculture. And the history of tractors is a good place to start. It's a great place to start. We've been hosting the um, History of Tractors program at the Wright County Historical Society since back in March 1999 when we did Minneapolis Moline Tractors with Wes, Wes Robertson. And we've gone full bore every, every year on the third Tuesday of March. We, we invite everybody in and we have a presentation on um, a different kind of main tractor line. Well, COVID kind of threw a, a wrench in our works there, and so we had planned an Oliver program in 2020. And with the numbers being the way they were in January and February, we made the decision to push Oliver off so we could really meet safely until March of 2023. But we're all missing the the, the festival or the history of tractors program here at um, WCHS. So we decided we were going to do something that was a little more inclusive, and we're really excited about it. This this allows um, everyone who has a agricultural collection of any kind, Tim. So, like, if you collect toy balers, <laughs> or you don't have a toy baler collection, do you, Tim? Uh, not anymore. I know I sold that off, but <laughs> yeah, probably probably <laughs> made a good penny for it too. Um, and or if you have a collection of um, lawn tractors, some of our members have talked about their lawn tractor collection. Or if they collect steam engines, like Leander Wetter, or they collect toy trains, those are the kinds of things that we're very, very interested in sharing with members and, and everybody online. So if you have um, a collection, we would like up to, we set up to 10 pictures. On our website, we're going to take all of those pictures in. We're going to be sharing them in little, um, basically everybody gets a little um, photo album. And you can go and take a look at all the different collections. And, and really, this does not need to be a collection of 40 items. If you have a collection of three items that you're really proud of, or if you have a collection of... Um, Somebody had told me they had baler twine. They had a collection of different kinds of baler twine. I, I think that's really cool. <laughs> we want to show your collection. And here we love the oddity stuff. So if you've got, it doesn't have to just be mainline. If it can be anything. So send us your photos. We're going to be posting all those photos up both on our website and on social media for voting. And, at the, and the voting will happen so you can send us information or anything you want up until March the 1st, and then voting really starts. And we're going to have voting between March 1st and March 31st. There will be prizes, because what's a competition without prizes? And then we, if, if everything works the way we hope it does, and we can gather again in, in um, November, 
we're really hoping to have some of the most interesting collections be invited in to, to give a 10-minute um, kind of brief topic uh, presentation on, on their collection. It doesn't have to come with you. So if you have a collection of really, really cool and obscure tractor tires, <laughs> they also have to come with you. You can just bring yourself and the information, and we'll provide um, we'll provide the pictures that you up on the wall that you've you've shared with us. So it's kind of something fun that we feel will be very inclusive to people. Well, it's a way for folks that maybe don't have the collection of you know the traditional things that you highlight. You know the main actual full physical tractor is kind of a way for them to get involved too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it is really fun to see people who, like, this would be the perfect opportunity for all of those members who say to me, who come to the tractor show, so we have 100 plus people come, and then they say, well, when will you do a tractor on, when will you do a presentation on implements? I want to learn about all, like, the history of implements. Or when will you do something on, you know, um, toy, toy trains again? Um, and this is their opportunity to, to show off a little bit of what they have. So I, I think that I actually mentioned it to somebody who said, well, I only have one tractor, but I'm really proud of it. And if I go out and buy another one really quick and send you the pictures, is that a collection? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, sure. You know, even uh, every collection has to start with one. So even one is a collection. That's exactly right. In fact, we'll be going out to our farm next weekend, and I'm pretty sure my husband's going to be taking a picture of his Tractor because it's got a great story, and and that's really what we're all about here at Wright County Historical Society is is collecting those stories, um, connecting with the the our members and those beyond. Um, not only for uh, and we're not always always the people think we're only here to look at the past, and that's not what we're doing. We we collect information from current all the time because today's today's events are tomorrow's history, and. And future, so our future generations being able to look back and, and see some of those things that we've done, and we'll include those in our um, archive as well. So some pretty full, fun stuff, and I really hope people will will participate. Um, it, obviously, it costs nothing to do this. It's 100% whatever you want to share. You're really in the literal driver's seat with this. <laughs> so um, our, first, our first submission came. From a, um, a, we sent out 170 postcards to former um, history of tractors attendees, and the first one came yesterday already. So um, Ed and Sue Clausen sent in their their best tractor, a best tractor they have. So they've got um, three pictures of that. Um, and if you if you know about the Clausens, you'll know they wrote the they wrote literally wrote the book on CL Best and the Caterpillar Tractor Company called Making Tracks. So, so that's pretty fun. Um, yeah, be so kinda, I'm hoping people will participate. It would be kind of interesting to uh, kind of hear the background on where some of the items uh, came from and came to be in the collection, too, because most people, unless their collection is enormous, but uh, even then they might have it documented. But most people can can remember how they came upon it. Maybe they've had it, you know, since... Childhood, maybe it was handed down to them, but uh, on the other hand, maybe they uh, got it in a different state or a different part of Minnesota or wherever. Right. I, I agree with that. I, I think that, um, and part of what we do is we have a form that asks questions, specific questions, to kind of have a little format 
for people to answer. So when you see their photos, it's not just simply photos. It's, you know, your name, um, what, your name of your collection, how many items are in it, what's your favorite, and how did you get started. Um, and then, because that's, you're right, that's the good stuff. That's the people want to know, what people want to know. So, yeah, anyone who's out there who's interested, you can go to our website, writehistory.org, to see more information about the tractor, um, about that History of Tractors online edition. Um, and if you have questions, don't be afraid to give us a call at 763-682-7323, and we'd, we'd love to give you the information on how you can upload your stuff. Or if you want to, if you have pictures and you're not quite sure how to do that, Come on down to the Historical Society, um, and we will be happy to scan your pictures for you, and we'll give you the information sheet to take back and finish and, and bring back at another time. Okay. And again, the, um, the picture end of it, or the photo end of it, is going on now, and then the voting will be May 1 through May 31, right? That's right. Okay. Yep, that's right. We're going to stretch it out as far as we can over our spring. <laughs> Sounds good. And then uh, you've got some prizes for uh, those that do get the big votes, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, like I say, what would, what would a competition be without prizes? And it's really not a competition. It's just something that's fun for people to share, and we'll let votes, the um, public votes, be the decider, um, just to see what people are interested in. So you could be surprised. Your Baylor Twine exhibit <laughs> might be something people are really interested in learning because, you know, there's a real story behind that. And, um, and then we would, if, like I say, our, our ultimate goal is to invite those people to come to the Historical Society and share the story of their collection in just a brief, basically following the outline of, of what they're already doing anyway. For those people who maybe want to learn a little bit more, and then, of course, there's always food and coffee when we, when we have these gatherings. I think that's probably the highlight of the whole thing, is just being able to talk to one another afterwards. Yeah, you got to have that. I know of, um, I've never seen a collection in person, but I know through uh, shows like American Pickers and things like that, that uh, uh, there are collectors of barbed wire in the world. So, Oh, yeah, you bet. I guess, bar- I guess Baylor Twine isn't uh, too far off the mark there, so... <laughs> Noah, and I wonder, I think that the Baylor Twine has, has, everything has a significance for their family. Okay. um, And and their family, and they were big farmers, and so they had a Baylor Twine, like, we used this one year, and it was the year of this, 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 and and it didn't do well, and then this was a, you know, defective one, and I'm trying to remember, it was quite a while ago, but I'm thinking, well, that might be, what a great story, what a history, um, history of a family, you know? Sure. In just this little in this little collection, but that barbed wire is so interesting. I know even my parents had a a, a picture, a framed, basically a framed something of all these different types of baler, excuse me, of um, barbed wire, and where it was used and and what it what was you know what was what it meant, um, because I maybe like brands you know like branding uh, a cow, everything was a little different for sure. Sally Stevens with the Wright County Historical Society on our spotlight today. Let's leave the history of tractors and go to uh, your your regular exhibits now because uh, within the um, Historical Society, you've got uh, different galleries that are kind of changing here now. We do. We, we really, really do. We've been working overtime 
to to freshen things up, make changes, um, starting with a a revamp of the walls in the main gallery, which creates a wider open spaces and more straight lines, uh, less pinch points. So it it really looks beautiful in there now. And the Nelsonian exhibit, which is the exhibit of the 32-piece one-man band, has, has been revamped a little. And it's made room for a new exhibit, which is... Um, it's 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 really fun. It, we orig- the working topic of it was called the church exhibit, and what it is is it is really based on the memoirs of Reverend Alex Sand, and it has information of the Nylunda Church, which was in the southern part of Wright County. And the reason that this was chosen to show, um, to kind of give a snapshot of what churches were like here. Is it is the it was the Nylunda Swedish Evangelical Lutheran Church from 1876 to 1980, and Reverend Alex Sand did a remarkable job of keeping a memoir of his experiences from the beginning all the way up into you know the, his basically his end, and so those stories those diaries allow us to tell a story. Um, of this specific person and this church. So the curator, who the curator is in charge of all 3D items, and she does the display, works in tandem with the archivist and the librarian to find materials to use in a, in a, in a, um, a display or a, an, an exhibit, and it's now up. So you can come in and see... Different pieces. We have a um, we have a bell from you know when they ring the bell for church. Um, some items that were of Reverend Sands and Hannah King, the curator, has done a really neat job of creating you know uh, the look of if you were coming into the church. Um, she's done hand painting on the wall. The signage has been hand painted. Um, it's really really fun to come in and read about it and learn about one church in the history. Um, of that specific church, and more specifically of Reverend Alex Sand. Very interesting. And, of course, a strong part of uh, any community's history, and in Wright County, certainly no exception. Right, of course. And, you know, it being the Swedish component, um, there's, there are so many people who come to the Historical Society on a, a daily basis who are looking for Swedish history and help with their Swedish ancestry. And church has kept a lot of those records. So we work in close, close um, you know, conjunction with churches, with church record information. And, um, you know, it's really a tandem sort of, of um, professional relationship. So we're excited to, again, share kind of a little snapshot of what it would have been like, um, especially for immigrants to come to the county and where they would go to worship and the building of it and the workings of it through the memoirs of Reverend Alex Sand. So we invite everyone to come in and see. Sounds great. What else is happening? Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, you've got other galleries, too. We do. We do. In the foyer gallery where you first walk in, we are still showing our miniatures exhibit. It's really fun. So small things make a huge impact, and we love miniatures here. In fact, we have a little place where you can take home some miniature pieces to cut out. Um, so, um, again, 
Hannah King's made it really fun and interactive for people to come and enjoy that. And then the last, the last um, exhibit area that's open is our Hands-On History Gallery. So we finally cleaned up from the 2021 Festival of Trees, and it's open again to um, a new interactive, which is the Reds Cafe. So do you remember the Reds Cafe? Absolutely. Sure. sure. Every, yeah, everybody kind of does. And it's a interactive in the way that um, the Reds Cafe sign. So I remember the day we went over to the Reds Cafe after it had sold, and they gave us one side of the sign. Wow. Yeah, so that sign is hanging in the Hands-On History Gallery up high. It's, it's, it's pretty big. We had professionals come and install it on the wall. And then Hannah's laid down a, um, an old-style diner floor, and there's a small countertop, and you can come in, and there are, um, there are interactives such as there's a pad to take the, your, someone's order. Um, there are little baskets, those plastic, red plastic baskets, and you can put the black and white checker paper inside, and you can serve you. There's sandwiches. You can make fake sandwiches to serve. Um, there's places... There's um, um, oh, I mean, like a um, ice cream float. So we have plastic ice cream float that looks just like the tulip cups with long spoons. And at the countertop, Hannah's also refurbished um, with the help of our president, Ken Gornick. He took care of all the metal part of it, but she took care of re-upholstering re, um, the tops. We have some red spinny seats like you'd see at an old countertop at a cafe. So you, people love this exhibit. This, they, this, it's so interactive. It's so much fun. And it really spurs those memories. So children love it because they get to play. Adults love it because, again, they get to play. And the memories and the stories that come from it have been really spectacular already so far. And it's just really open. Such a visible location for so many decades there, uh, right on the highway in, in Montrose. And, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, it certainly deserves a place to be remembered once in a while. Yeah, and, and again, we, so many of us, you know, whether we went when we were kids or we fell in love there or we, you know, we broke up with our, our you know, our boyfriend or girlfriend and we, we, you know, ate ice cream to solve our problems there, <laughs> um, we find that it really elicits a lot of, emotions to see that. In fact, over the Festival of Trees, we dressed it up as Mrs. Claus's kitchen, and family members from, so the owners who had Red's Cafe, family members came in and saw it, and they were overwhelmed with it at that time and have come back. Um, people who used to work there, they, took, they came and took a picture it, for Christmas at that location. So it's it's been really really positive so far, and we're really looking forward to um, the next step of what we're going to be doing here at the historical site. You know those uh, restaurants like that, and not only Reds, but uh, other various ones that you know maybe had similar themes, or you know the hometown restaurants. They've really got a um, a place in communities and community history because of the fact that um, uh, you know they were all kind of. Uh, individual and and sort of unique, and maybe their menus were uh, unique, or they had a few items that were unique, and so you know it wasn't the the cookie cutter uh, design of of some of the modern restaurants. 
I agree. I think it really speaks to hometown and small hometown. I know when we travel, where I want to go eat isn't a big chain. Uh, they're good, but when I go to a small town, what I'm looking for is the flavor of the community. And that's what happens. That's what you find at a, a small town eatery or a diner, especially a breakfast diner. And, and I think that's what um, Hannah King has really showed here is that feeling, because we can see it on the looks of people's faces when they walk through and they see it. Sounds so, great. Yeah. And then uh, you've got a spring yard sale going to be cooked up here for us. <laughs> we do. At the end of April, we have a spring yard sale. So in, in the winter, right around Christmas time, we do an online auction. And people bring us some of the coolest stuff. And it isn't always, it's, it's been, a lot of times it is, um, it's not new. It may be antique or it might be something that they've had that is too, way too good to throw away. Isn't something we would take into the, um, the museum itself. But, um, but we'd like to offer it to somebody if they'd like to have it for themselves. So we offer a yard sale. It is not stuff that comes out of our collections ever. It is simply things that have been donated to us by board members or other members or people in the community, and they would like to um, donate it to us for the sole purpose of including it in one of our online auctions. So we have some really fun things that are coming up. We also have people who have donated brand new things for the purpose of the yard sale again. And a lot of times those funds go to um, actually improving the outdoor space we have here. So our flowers, our, um, you know, setting things up so people can come and use the outdoor space at the Historical Society because it is absolutely beautiful and it would be a shame for others not to come and enjoy it. And the date of that is what? Well, we just realized um, both of, there's two member, staff members who are speaking at the end of this month or end of April um, at our at, the, at a conference. And so we've moved our dates to um, be the beginning of May. So it will be May the 3rd. <laughs> I'm trying to count in my head. May the 3rd, and it will end really quite quickly on the, fi- uh, the si- 6th. So just Monday through Friday, the first week of May. Okay. And, and that will, information will be in the paper. It will be on social media. And we'll be sending all of that information to our members as well as it will be on our website. So you can catch pretty much everything that we're doing and updating on our website at writehistory.org or give us a call and we'll tell you what's upcoming or see if we can help you in any way. Sounds perfect. Sally, I think we're uh, caught up. It's uh, great to kind of be back um, to open to the public again. And, uh, man, I hope it sticks for a while for, for now. <laughs> anyway, I really do, too. We need it. Boy, that's for <laughs> we sure. We all need it. All right. Always a pleasure. And uh, give us your phone number one more time if people have questions. Sure. You can contact us at the Wright County Historical Society at 763-682-7323. Or simply writehistory.org has a lot of information, too. You bet. Okay, sounds great. We'll talk again soon. Thanks again, Tim. Take care. Sally Stevens with the Wright County Historical Society. Good to catch up with her on today's Spotlight here on KRWC.